Stanford University. Great to be here. Thanks to the Stanford Arts Institute for inviting me and the New World Symphony to be part of this conversation. Um, we don't get to do this very often. We, our, build, our building is, we've just entered our second full season in this building and what you're about to see is a lot of experimentation that we're doing and a lot of people don't quite know about us yet, but you guys came to see us, which was wonderful. And um, I think there's some partnerships going forward that we can undertake. Um, <clears throat> I wanna talk about the opportunities that New World Symphony is finding in the digital future. We are actually quite enthusiastic about what's possible, um, but we're actually working in two realities. The classical music tradition in its current American form and the noisy, confusing digital world. The old meets the new. First, a look at the traditional, uh, then a review of how we are integrating digital technology and evolving the art form. The symphony orchestra, you know us, tailcoats just like the servants, knitted brows, we have serious work to do. During the performance experience, we rarely look at you. Our job is to focus intently on the music. Your job is to keep still. Be careful, if you make noise, your fellow audience members will scold you. And if you clap at the wrong moment, we'll make it clear that your enthusiasm is not welcome. <laughs> the schedule is fixed. It runs from 8 to 10.30 on weekend evenings, sometimes a Sunday afternoon. The concert sequence, a short piece to start, a soloist who joins for a star turn, then intermission, a chance for you to stretch your legs, and at, the, at that point, we bring you an extended and complex musical story, usually a symphony. You've had a long week, tough week at work, complications in the family, the world in general, and we give you our most intricate and profound statement at 9.20 on a Saturday night. I hope you skipped the dinner wine. On the education side, we are equally constrained. We develop our skills in small, insular communities. Our primary teacher serves as a surrogate parent. We happily and with few questions dedicate ourselves to preserving the traditions of the past. We expect to travel a narrow path from that first violin lesson at the age of four or five through the educational process that is rooted in European conservatory traditions to the moment when we're hired by an orchestra we achieve tenure and then conscript ourselves to a life of repetition of the classical music canon. I'm exaggerating, but you get my point. At New World, we don't subscribe to the scenarios I'm just, uh, that I've just gone through, uh, but there is no doubt that orchestras are living a decidedly non-digital life as digital expression grows around us. Sometimes I think of us as British redcoats, defeated day after day by the colonial army, yet unwilling to give up the traditional uniform that was a major contributor to their undoing. And there are consequences. As costs of professional orchestras rise, audiences and donor bases are getting smaller. Everyone is questioning our relevance, and more and more fine young musicians are leaving university and conservatory training with fewer and fewer prospects of old-style jobs. It's a scary time. A good number of our challenges are a direct result of the forces set loose by digital technology, and while some might be disheartened at New World, 
we are proactive optimists. We see a clear choice to understand digital technology as a threat to our aesthetic and economic model or as a new group of tools to enliven our imagination and expand our distribution capacity. It's New World's job to make sense of things, to apply digital technology wisely, to learn from our mistakes, and share our successes with others. So before I review our primary experiments, a little institutional history to set the context. New World Symphony was founded by Michael Tilson Thomas, MTT, and Ted Arison as an academy to prepare graduates of music schools for leadership to be advocates for the art form as players, as spokespersons, and as entrepreneurs. Our musicians come to us on three-year fellowships. The orchestra number's 86, so we replace about 30 players per year. We have over 1,200 applicants for those 30 openings. This is our 25th anniversary season, and there are just short of 900 of our alums who we, uh, the great majority of whom, are making a difference out there in the orchestral world and also in their communities. MTT began leveraging electronic media in 1971 when he assumed the leadership of the New York Philharmonic Young People's Concert broadcasts. Throughout his career, he has embraced each new electronic format, most recently with Keeping Score, a series that was produced by San Francisco Symphony's SFS Media Group. In 2009 and again in 2011, he was the, uh, the artistic director of the YouTube Symphony, the 2009 YouTube Symphony attracted 33 million hits, and we track very closely uh, those people. That's in first place, by the way, for a live performance. The closest anybody else has come is U2. They made it up to 10 million hits. So, you know, struggle on, you rockers, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> With MTT's leadership and encouragement, New, York, New World has been exploring the digital territory since 1999. Internet 2 is our, was our path uh, to, the, to, to digital work. We joined the Internet 2 community and began online teaching. In 2002, we did a demonstration for the Miami-Dade Public Schools. <laughs> they were unimpressed, but, but that didn't slow us down. Uh, we now have quite a meaningful relationship with them. The Cleveland Institute of Music and the Eastman School of Music have been our Internet 2 partners from the beginning, and at this point, we've connected with 40 music schools in the U.S. and 15 abroad. In 2004, we brought Stephen Gaber, the, the former principal cellist of the Cleveland Orchestra, and Carter Bray, who's pr currently principal cellist of the New York Philharmonic, into a cello sectional rehearsal led by Michael. And you can see here uh, in the lower right-hand corner, um, Stephen was in Cleveland, Carter was in New York, we were in Miami. Uh, this, was the this was our first simultaneous connection of two remote locations. It was a really big deal then uh, with Google Hangout and all the other uh, possibilities. It's, it's kind of, it looks kind of primitive now, but we were very proud of it, and we have followed that, followed that, that path. In 2002, we brought Aaron J. Kernis uh, into a performance experience uh, to talk about a piece of music that he had written, and he had a dialogue with uh, our conductor that evening, Giselle Bendor. Um, that discussion was, um, for our audience, was quite a rush. They were, they were loving it, and they were quite surprised that it was so easy. Uh, in 2005, again, with using Internet 2, we invited the audience to discuss to have a dialogue uh, with a gentleman who, a uh, retired army colonel who talked about uh, the Soviet military and the siege of Leningrad. And then we played the Shostakovich Seventh Symphony, Shostakovich writing that piece in Leningrad during the siege. 
In 2000, uh, with a grant from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, we brought mobile screens and speakers to the Lincoln Road Mall. We have this uh, open area right out in front of our old theater, uh, and, and we offered a live simulcast of concerts to the unsus unsuspecting people who happened to be walking Lincoln Road that night. Now, fortunately, all that work was being done at the, at the time that we were articulating the artistic uh, and educational program for the future of our institution, and that was that program that guided Frank Gehry in the design of our campus and Adrian Guza and his team at West State in the design of the adjacent park. So here's what we look like now. It's about 109,000 square feet. Uh, very much in the, the lobby is, uh, the, the, the glass there across that lobby is uh, designed to be an invitation. On the right-hand side, you see that big stucco wall that we're going to talk about that as a projection service in a minute, and then hopefully a welcoming park. Um, we considered this campus a laboratory for generating new ideas about the way music is taught and presented and experienced, and our experiments and partnerships are undertaken on behalf of the orchestral uh, enterprise and the musical art, and the classical music art form. Our funding is beginning to acknowledge our laboratory work. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation have established the Knight New Media Endowment uh, at New World, and the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation and the Kovner Foundation are giving us the latitude to ex uh, explore new digital influences on performance and on education. We envision a strong and secure future for classical music, and we intend to reimagine reaffirm, express, and share our music with as many people as possible, locally and globally. Okay, so let's talk about some of the programs that we're doing. In our performance hall, we have 14 30,000 lumen high definition Christie video projectors. We've got a Christie here. I noticed that, yeah? Um, they are driven by a Kulux system that's called Pandora's Box, and it gives us the chance in real time to composite and project uh, these, these high-definition images. We have 8,000 square feet of projection surface on the acoustic sails. Now, when you go to the Bing Theater, designed by not Frank Gehry, but say the name of the designer? Aeneid Architect. Architect, thank you. But Yasu Toyota was the acoustician for us and also for the Bing Theater. You're gonna see some sails uh, that are very much like ours. They're not projecting in Bing yet, yeah. but, uh, but I think that is possible. We certainly have, uh, have been putting these sails to great use and the system. So, but the big news here is that with, this, with the system, with the Kulux system, we're able to control the pace of the video based on the progression of a live musical performance. So until recently, music was the servant of the narrative in film and in video, and we have reversed that relationship. We start with the music, the composer does his work, and then the videographer, as a, as a collaborator, uh, works from there and creates an image. To go a little deeper, as these videos are created, they are overlapped. There are many, many short videos that are overlapped, and as we move, as the musicians play at their own pace, in the booth, our, uh, a score reader and the gentleman who's running the video that night, call, the score reader calls the cues. As the cues are called, we drop one video and let the second one continue, and then we overlap again and we drop, and we overlap again and drop. So it allows us to, cr to release the images as the music progresses naturally. So, 
Um, what you're seeing here is uh, when we opened the building, Tom Addis wrote us a tone poem. He called it Polaris. And then Tal Rosner created a video for that music. Uh, we also did uh, pictures at an exhibition, and we got 13 young videographers from the University of Southern California School of Cinematic Arts, and they each one created an animation for one of the pictures or one of the promenades. So those were our first two experiments. The, for opening night this year, we chose Stravinsky's Circus Polka, and Emily Eckstein, who was one of the USC videographers, uh, was giving us the animation, and I want to show it to you now. This is about Circus Polka was written for Barnum and Bailey, and uh, it was for elephants and ballerinas. When we, opened the, when we opened the building in January 2011, Alex Ross came down to, uh, to spend several days. And when he wrote his New Yorker review, he said he thought, when he was watching the orchestra live on stage and all of this video going on above, he said, I think I'm looking at a new genre. Um, that's, it could be, that could be. Uh, time will tell. But two things are certain. First of all, these are integrated statements that leave a strong impression on the audience. We know that from talking to our audience. And second of all, the integration is only possible through digital technology. In this case, technology that rebalances the relationship between music and video. So that's the new genre. A second piece. Um, New World Center was designed to experiment with new forms of audience engagement. We're developing alternate formats by adjusting start times, durations, and, con and content to the lifestyle, matched to the lifestyle and expectations of prospective concert goers in Miami. Oh yeah, help me out there. Of the five formats we're developing, four are direct beneficiaries of digital technology. The first one is uh, mini concerts. This is actually a Stanford grad here, Grace Ahn, who is one of our cellists. Um, and she is talking to the audience. We do these performances uh, 30 minutes long, $2.50 per uh, ticket. And we offer them at 7.38, 39.30 across selected evenings. We're looking for impulse buyers. We actually go down on Lincoln Road and hand out three by five cars and say, give us a try. Once they're in the hall, one of our fellows, sometimes two or three, give an introduction, and that's supported by video on the projection surfaces that you saw before. We also do a one-hour format. We call it Encounters. Uh, it's a two-part evening, one hour of presentation, and the second is post-concert reception with our fellows. For 25 bucks, you get, um, you get a one-hour concert and, and cocktails. Um, Bacardi. So, so provides us with the cocktails. God bless Bacardi. Um, prior to the, each one of the works that's performed, though, Jamie Bernstein uh, goes through a narration and 
behind her uh, and, and laced tightly to her narration is a, a, a good bit of video. So once again, the digital projection system at work, uh, in, this time in support of the spoken word. Then we do a late night performance called Pulse, late night at the New World Symphony. It runs from 9.30 p.m. to 1.30 a.m. We mix, we mix DJ uh, recorded music with concert sets. The transitions blend uh, the digital recorded music with live performance. We track from one to the other. Um, the projections are wild and crazy on purpose. The audience shares their experience with their friends using their smartphones. So this is both a live and a virtual event. And we wouldn't be staging this if, uh, if there weren't digital technology. And last of all, uh, we are, it's another pulse. Last of all, we're wall casting. We bring the concerts from inside the hall out to the public for free. We have 10 robotic cameras. Um, we have a two-tiered microphone system and theatrical lighting, and that's what we use to capture the concerts. The sound and the images are delivered to the park audience with four 35,000 lumen projectors, as powerful as you can buy now, and a surround sound speaker system. Um, there's no compromise in the repertoire. Uh, we offer pre-performance comments, Michael talks, the guest soloists and conductors talk to the audience before, also our fellows. Using smartphones, the audience can, in the park, can text in. They can ask for mobile program book or information about New World or the artists. They can also make a donation. We're actually starting to see that happening. So, uh, so far, our most complex visual supporting the wall cast uh, had to do with the performance of Charles Ives, two of Charles Ives' works, From the Steeples to the Mountains and also the, the Unanswered Question. So you see uh, New England steeple here at 100% and our musicians back behind uh, at about 80% resolution. Here was, that was obviously Steeples to the Mountains. This is Unanswered Question. The wall cast have become a new center of gravity in Miami both artistically and socially. We have about 2,000 people in the audience per wall cast. That's outside. It's families, it's couples, uh, it's couples in groups. It's a, truly a cross-section of the community. And it has made our fellows rock stars in Miami. They are recognized all over town because when you're 70 feet tall, you're then easily recognizable at the dry cleaner. So, now. We've been charting, that's Michael uh, obviously talking, this is early evening, talking to the audience. That's what the audience looks like from above, so you get a sense of what we're doing. Um, we're tracking this audience very carefully. We want to know how many newbies we have, how many new people are coming. And you can see that in a tradition, our traditional concerts draw about 12,000, 12% of new people to uh, new people to the database, and then it marches up from there. 60-minute programs, 25%. Late night, 41. Wallcast, 52. And the mini concerts are the champions uh, at, at 60%. We have 28% of the people who bought tickets before using one of these new formats who have actually bought tickets for a second uh, second concert at this year's season. In this year's season. Um, we're still early. We have a whole series of events that we've planned for people who came for the very first time. Our goal is to get every last one of these people back. It's a universe of about 5,000 people. We want to bring them all back uh, in, the, in the current season. What we hope is that the experiments that we're doing will lead orchestras to take informed risk with their own audience development. It's been, in the orchestra world, a very tricky thing. Nobody can stay with it. They'll try an hour program for a season or two. It won't work, or it won't work to expect expectation, and they abandon it. And then two, week, two years later, they start again. We think we're going to be able to provide data and content 
understanding of content that will help them take that informed risk. Okay, last piece. Um, we call this, uh, the, the work that we're doing here, we, we call it the virtual library. We don't like that title, but we'll use, it's what we have to work with. Every season, about 100 coaches come to New World. They come from uh, major orchestras in the United States and Europe, and they mentor our fellows. Every living composer whose music we play either travels to New World to be part of the rehearsal and performance sequence, or they come via the internet. This year, we'll pay, play the music of 26 living composers. All of our guest soloists give master classes for our fellows. Starting with MTT, all of our conductors are teachers at heart, uh, and we give them plenty of rehearsal uh, to, so that they can be expansive. The digital technology gives all this work a new dimension and a possible second life. The relationships formed between our fellows and their mentors can be expanded through internet dialogue. Each and every room in our campus is wired. Uh, we are connected to the internet to backbone and the comparable systems in Europe and Asia and South America. The teaching moments that used to disappear after the words were spoken or after a concept was demonstrated can now be captured for future reference. We see this as quite valuable content uh, all long into the future. But the secret, of course, is tagging it for search. Uh, we're, we have three partners, the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia, Eastman, and Cleveland Institute, uh, and we're working with them on how we take the next steps. MTT refers to the New World Center as a global musical meeting house. And all of what you've seen, especially I think this virtual library, uh, gives us a chance to realize his dream. Um, and all of this, of course, possible because of digital media. So I know all of us here have thought a lot about post-Gutenberg, uh, the, the time just after Gutenberg. We talk about that a lot. But I think that that's a, a good way to try to understa understand individ our individual efforts and the society around us. Um, we see confusion. We see opportunity. Uh, we work with several guiding principles. First of all, to preserve the integrity, integrity of the music, to enliven the connection with the audience, to engage new audiences, to find efficiencies in delivery of artistic and educational content, and last of all, to keep our imaginations open, to be alert for what is possible. Hope you found something interesting here. We are looking for partners, so get in touch with me. Thanks very much. For more, please visit us at stanford.edu.